Welcome to Man Talk, the podcast that's normalising the conversation about men's mental health. I'm your host, Jamie Day, and you can find me on Instagram at a day in the life dad, and you can hear more about my own mental health journey in series one of Man Talk. This show is made in support of the Movember Foundation, who are changing the face of men's health and fund life-changing and groundbreaking mental health projects around the world. You can read more about these over Movember.com. Man Talk is sponsored by Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Anyone who knows me or has followed my journey online will know how much I love the brand and their products. Their messaging really promotes me time, unwinding and self-care, which we all know with the challenges of everyday life is so important for our mental health. So thank you, Mojave's. In this episode of Man Talk, I meet with Ben Ein in Shoreditch, London. Ben is one of the most successful street artists in the world and is regarded as a pioneer in the exploration of graffiti letter forms. His distinctive letters spell words and phrases across walls from London to LA, Florence to Tokyo, as he continues to use street art to engage the public. Our chat was actually in a pub as he took a break from finishing his piece on Old Street that spells Stop Knife Crime. We talk about his struggles with his mental health, which he openly admits are elevated by drugs and alcohol, and go back to his teenage years. We discuss his coping mechanisms and counselling, and delve into the incredible work he does with charities. Using his art, he's helped multiple charities such as Movember and Shelter. Here's Man Talk. Ben, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks Thanks for meeting me. Travelling roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just caught you uh, out on Old Street doing some your latest piece. Yep. Do you want to just, uh, quickly just give us some background to that and so, what yeah. you're doing? Uh, so I was approached maybe 10 years ago by a guy called Peter. He runs a charity called Flavorsome, which is an anti-knife charity. And we, I think we spent two years in conversation with Islington Council and eventually got planning permission to erect these boards on a wall right on Old Street itself on the side of an estate. So we erected these boards and every two years I repaint this wall with some kind of anti-knife positive message and... I think the last time I painted it was two years ago. It said the word engaging. Right. And I've been away traveling around Europe, painting various walls and projects, etc. And I came back to London, picked up the Evening Standard, and five young men had been murdered over the course of six days. Right. It's ridiculous at the moment, isn't it? And I was like, what the hell is going on? And I phoned up Peter and said, the wall's due for a repaint. Uh, let's not skirt around the issue anymore. Can I write stop knife crime? And Peter was like, not sure if the state's going to like it, but yeah, let's do it anyway. And I was like, you know, it's paint at the end of the day. Yeah. If I don't like it that much, I'll paint something flowery. Do you have to pass that with Islington Council? Or will you hear no. about it later when they don't, when they don't we, like it? I think the first couple of times we went through Islington Council and just got their approval to extend yeah. the planning permission. But, you know, it's been there at least eight years now, so it's now kind of a part of a landmark. And yeah. I think, especially, like, councils in the east side of London have grown to appreciate the value of street art. Yeah. So they're no longer painting over it with the vigour they used to. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's you know, it's a tourist industry. It generates money, and yeah, yeah. You know, your work's like dotted around like Shoreditch, and isn't it? Yeah, it's mostly, isn't it? Yeah, East London, purely because when we started doing street art, uh, and on the back of doing graffiti, uh, we wanted our stuff to last, and rich people at that time didn't appreciate street art, and the rich councils would clean it off, whereas. Hackney, Tower Hamlets, Whitechapel, 
they didn't have enough money to care so it kind of stayed there and yeah and then yeah fast forward you know 15 20 years yeah yeah they now yeah they now appreciate the value of it and they see street art tours and art galleries popping up selling it and because your work's pretty you know it stands out doesn't it it's not just a you know a tag or something it's like proper 10 foot high 40 foot wide kind of yeah I purposely went out of my way to do something as big and as bold and as bright as I possibly could yeah and uh, you know I don't have the problem that Banksy has where someone comes along with an angle grinder and cuts out a rat from a wall (laughs) they'd have to yeah sell the building with my art on it I think no it's amazing and it, are all your pieces of work kind of like based around helping charities or is it no no not at all uh, basically I'm an artist and I enjoy painting yeah. so given the option of sitting around smoking weed and watching the life of Brian on TV or going out and painting something I'd always rather go out and paint something yeah and then you know I've been doing this for a long time I think for at least 15 years it's been my job Right. luckily you know it's something that I love doing and I'm now in a position where I actually kind of earn money out of it from time to time but I'm also well known for you know my big bold bright letters and I'm in a position where I can help charities Yeah. Okay. and you know I've had loads of mates that have been like you know and friends that have been affected by suicides you know homelessness drugs alcohol you know all of those issues so if i could do something to help these charities then why not you know i'd much rather be doing something than nothing so yeah yeah, of course and there's yeah so many of these you know so many of these charities like shelter big issue you know we're doing a project for movember at the moment what have i just done just done something else for somebody so yeah i'm in a position where i can and why not yeah well movember as yeah. we spoke about before we came on like an incredible charity like yeah. do so much like you know uh, testicular cancer prostate cancer and mental health like yeah and it's and yeah it's like mental health month or something isn't it is it, is it? <laughs> oh, I shouldn't know about these things yeah. we had mental health awareness well mental health awareness day last month and right. uh, the month before that it was World Suicide Prevention Day yeah so I mean it's always on the agenda but it just needs to be spoken about a lot more no, Hence definitely. Why I do this podcast. So. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, suicide, you know, mass suicide. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's the biggest killer of under forty fives in the country. Yeah, like uh, a friend of mine, her her nephew hung himself a few months ago, and the coroner was like, "Yeah, it's like twelve times it's happened in the last three months." Jesus, and nobody talks about it. And that's a, one a, something that stuck me which a guy said to me when I spoke to him I meant for a pint it wasn't for the podcast or anything just, and we were just talking about male suicide and he was talking about something like if you went to imagine like 20 people died at Glastonbury because they took like dodgy pills yeah. right? that would be front page news yeah. but if 20, if 20 men throw themselves you know in front of a train doesn't even make the news yeah. like it's so weird like how we just don't talk about it yeah no, and it's, like, yeah it's, and it's you know you know, I've had this conversation like with people, and it's like, you know, how do you get somebody who's feeling that low and that depressed or ill or just just lacking any self worth? Mm. How do you how do you engage them? Mm. It's tough. It's really yeah, tough. it really is. You know, you you know, you have friends, and but you know, people who are in that position are great at hiding how they're feeling, mm. and because they're feeling like that they can't and don't or won't talk about it so you know there needs to be a shift in 
you know people's attitude yeah. and being open about this and you know it helps people like you know well, we're having this conversation about it now but you know people actually talking about it yeah and saying you know it's not a sign of weakness to feel like this exactly it's not a bad thing lots of people go through this mm. just you know yeah and what, what about your own experiences with mental health you've uh, you've obviously spoken about it before yeah yeah how does that all sort of start for you I don't know I don't think drugs and alcohol help no <laughs> so yeah leave yeah living an unhealthy lifestyle and just allowing everything to get on top of you and then yeah you know from my from my own personal experience not being able to talk about it yeah what sort of age did it sort of start were you aware, aware of it teens, teen, right? yeah just just feeling you know low depressed can't move can't get out of bed can't talk to anybody but then you know the older I've got and you know I talk to my friends and they're like yeah you know and I think generally most people have gone through something like this yeah. at one point or another the stats are like one in four but I think well everyone has mental health yeah it's just <laughs> whether, whether, like, whether it's a healthy health it's, yeah exactly so I think one in four is quite you know you know, lenient. Like I think, yeah. got to be more than that because some people have depression or anxiety, but they might not need treatment. You know, they might yeah. have to like self-help themselves or something. But I'm sure it's got to be more than that. But yeah, but for you, it's starting your teens. Yeah, was it labelled that then, or did you just think it was like just you drinking just too me. much? Or? Yeah, just me. And then you know, you know, you know, I've been a drug addict, and you know, I've had alcohol problems, and you know, I've gone through therapy, I've gone through rehab, all of that kind of stuff, and then. By talking about it, friends of mine have approached me and gone, oh, you know, can you recommend somebody? Oh, do you mind if I have a little word with you? Yeah. yeah. And it's only by me kind of opening up and talking about this that people then approach me and they're like, oh, if Ben's done this, you know. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they come and talk to you. But if I don't open my mouth, then there's at least five of my friends that would still be suffering or... Yeah, you know, I'm not saying I cured them any stretch, no, but no, no. you know, it's you, the fact that you open your mouth and you have a conversation and you appreciate that, you know, people that are dear and close to you have gone through something similar to what you're going through. Yeah, and talking about it is not only therapeutic for you; it's therapeutic for those ones who are also suffering in silence to like hear. Yeah, as harsh as that sounds, that someone else is going through it. Yeah, like it's comforting for them. Yeah, no, totally. And like you said, or if Ben's talked about it, then maybe I can. So. Yeah. So, you know, from my personal experience, it's by people like us standing up and going, yeah, this is my experience of mental health. This is what I've done. And then, you know, having conversations. Yeah. Have you, what kind of treatments have you had over the years? I know you mentioned therapy and things like I've that. I've had lots of counselling. Yeah. Uh, through the NHS or private or what? No, never through the NHS. I wouldn't. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the options are. So I had, back in my 20s, a long time ago, I had one-to-one therapy. And then when I got treated again a couple of years ago, it was over the phone. Obviously, like, budget cuts and things like that. So I have enough trouble getting an appointment to see my GP. Yeah. So... So arrange therapy. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, you've got a sore throat or you need to go and see the GP. So I have enough trouble getting an appointment to see him. The therapy that I've done most recently has been through counsellors that I've met through the charities that I've supported right okay and you know I'm in a really fortunate situation where I'm seeing somebody at the moment and uh, I swap art for counselling <laughs> right so he's got he's got one of my paintings hanging up in his wall at home nice and he gives me free counselling brilliant 
But yeah, counselling is expensive. It is, it is. But you know, it's to, to talk to someone, get it out of your mind, yeah. off your chest. It's an incredible feeling, isn't it? Like, do you come out of like counselling and feel like you know a, a type of euphoria? Like you've got what's busying your mind out, or what has it feel for you? I always feel better and I look forward to seeing my counsellor right how often do you see him? I try to see him once a week right I'd like to see him more but you know just work commitments and yeah all this charity work I do for people yeah. <laughs> looking after others no yeah I, I, I see him I try to see him at least once a week yeah cool yeah and yeah incredibly helpful just you know sitting down and talking to a professional that has definitely gone through and suffered more than I have and he knows exactly what I'm going through he knows exactly you know he's gone through it he's, he's lived this life and yeah, yeah. come out of it and and you know that's the other thing and it's the same with you know addictions you get yourself into a position where you don't think there's a way out of it and you can't so by standing there by, you know by sitting there and talking to somebody who has hit like rock rock bottom yeah and then now, you know, they've had their teeth fixed, they, they look healthy, their eyes look alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's incredibly enlightening to see people that have come out of it and yeah. dealt with their addictions, dealing with their issues, and are now giving back. Yeah, I think finding your, when you find a therapist or a counsellor, to have a connection with them yeah. is so key. Yeah. Because if you meet someone and there's nothing there and you're about to reveal your darkest secrets, yeah, I think... One, I've been speaking to a guy actually on Instagram privately like, and he's like asking me my advice and I was, that's the one thing I said like if you don't have that connection with that first person don't think that's the end of it you know no. give up find another one you know yeah you will find someone you have a connection with and yeah no it really is important you know and there's lots of counsellors that specialise in different types of problems yeah yeah and yeah if you're not happy with the first counsellor you see see another one they're not going to be offended or upset that it's you don't job, have yeah that you don't have a connection and yeah, you have to find somebody that you're happy with you yeah. can talk to. Yeah. Because you have to be open and, you know, and bear your scars and your soul. Yeah. What I wanted to, like, talk about was kind of, like, does your art help you? Like, you're out on the street. You're being creative. You're sort of busying yourself. You're busying your mind. You're using your body rather than, like, hunched over at a desk or whatever. Yeah, it does. But then I don't have a nine-to-five where I don't get paid right. on a monthly basis. So as much as it is, you know, amazing to be out on the street, you know, painting something positive, uplifting, spreading a message, you know, working for charity, whatever, that is amazing. And it's an amazing fortunate position that I'm in to be able to do that. But then I have huge financial problems. Mm. I'm worried because I don't have this, you know, I do a job and I don't get paid for three months. I have exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the life of a freelancer. Yeah. Uh, you do yeah, a no, job and then, yes, you know, that's X amount. And then you don't see it for three months. Yeah. It's like, and oh. by the time you, by the time it does turn up, you've got so many debts. Yeah, yeah. That it just disappears. So that's my life. Yeah. So you know, there's those financial worries that you know that add to the burden. Mm. You know, I've got, you know, I'm responsible for four children. Right. So you're you're a father of four. I am. Right. I'm a father of seven. But right. Fortunately, okay. three of them uh, are older and working now. Right. Okay. But there's four young ones, so yeah, I have lots of financial responsibilities. Right. And then I kind of employ quite a few people. Yeah. So, so all the two guys working out on the yeah. street, you you employ them. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm you know I'm trying to be artistic. I'm trying to be creative, and then I'm also trying to run a business. Hmm. 
which is, I just, you know, mentally my mind doesn't work like that. Mm. No, you know, I have trouble sending invoices. I just, I kind of just like shy away from anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, opening letters, bills. Yeah. It's like, you know, just the way my head works, I'd rather not look at it and ignore it. Mm. Which is, you know, one of the things, you know, it just and it gets worse yeah, when yeah. you ignore these things. So. so how are you at the moment, would you say? If we talk about, you know... On a happy scale. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be like a doctor and say that yeah, one, one to ten. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, and I'm pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you can recover or do you think you live with it and learn to live with it? What do you think? I think you live with it and like, you know, like any health... You look after yourself. Yeah, you manage it. Yeah, you manage it. You recognise symptoms and you try to deal with that before it kind of turns into a dark cloud. Yeah. What kind of, what symptoms are your, what, what, how do you know that you're going to have a low or? Start drinking again. Right. Yeah. Are you, are you sober? Are you, do you Soberish. Right, okay. Yeah, soberish. I drink a little bit. Right. And it's being reduced and I go to meetings. Yeah. And go and see my counsellor, so. Yeah, it's just, yeah, stop answering my telephone. Stop replying to emails. Yeah. Just, you know, kind of start hiding myself away. Yeah. Drinking on my own. And I'm like, ooh. And then when you're in a low, what do you do, you get, what do, you do to get out? Or do you, let, do you ride it out? Or do you have, a, you know, a coping I, mechanism? I force myself to go out and engage in people and with people. And, you know, there's a there's a... You know, they say in AA, you know, you've got to do the things you don't want to do. So, yeah, rather than lying in bed being depressed, which is what I'd rather do, yeah. get up, have a shower, get up, put some clean clothes on, yeah. brush your teeth, get out the door and do something. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's having <laughs> a shower and brushing yeah. your teeth. Yeah. That feeling, like, <laughs> yeah. it might not be till three o'clock in the afternoon when you get around having a shower, yeah. but like... Having that shower and brushing your teeth, yeah, gives you, I don't know, it gives you at least a life just to like tidy your flat, yeah, do the do wash the dishes in the sink, yeah, you know, all the least stupid as they sound, little tiny things, yeah, kind of a little sense of achievement, yeah, makes you feel better. Your flat looks nicer, you know, change the sheets in your bed, go out, go and see some friends, yeah, go to work, answer an email, yeah, make yourself a list of things to do. List, do, list the key and then yeah. ticking them off yeah that and it makes you feel better yeah yeah and it takes your mind off of whatever's troubling you yeah do you take medication no right any no. number four a little bit Prozac years and years and years ago is that a conscious decision that you don't want to go down that road or do you just feel you don't need it or just you know I, I, I don't know I'm not a doctor so who's to know whether I would need it at certain points but I just choose not to right I'd rather get on my bicycle and cycle exercise is probably the best or one of the better yeah. cures yeah for feeling depressed and miserable yeah I, well everyone says that don't they you know yeah. get your endorphins going yeah. and so yeah you know go for a cycle ride so we've kind of covered like where your mental health issue started and how you're feeling now is there anything that people listening can take away from this? Like, do you have any words of advice or? Yeah. Uh, you know, there are people out there that will help you. And a lot of people that will bend over backwards to help you. If they're aware of what you're going through. Mm. 
and you know if you do put your hands up you know by being open about this it will separate your true friends to a lot of people that just hang out with you but you will have some real friends and they, they might even surprise you but they will be there for you so yeah you, you've you've got to put your hand up and talk to somebody yeah what what about I've spoken about this before is that everyone's encouraged to talk but some people who then are on the other side of it who are the listener they don't know how to cope with it what would you say to someone who's listening and then hearing for the first time listened offered my personal experience and you know given them advice based on what I've done and the mistakes that I've made but because I'm having these conversations you know in press on podcasts etc etc I'm kind of inviting people to say oh hi Ben you know I'm not a professional in this field but you know I have gone for, I have got experience so yeah I don't know if they're your friend they're going to be your friend mm. you know they're not going to be a professional but they'll you know they'll be like give me a phone call yeah day or night whenever it is yeah you know if you're feeling that bad please phone me up and I'll yeah, come yeah. up yeah and I think friends have got just if they just drop you a message you know just to say how you doing yeah nine times out of ten even if you are low you're probably gonna reply yeah i'm fine yeah always but that fine. one time <laughs> yeah yeah that one time if you reach out yeah bang then yeah. you can start that conversation you can get the help you need yeah i think yeah and even if you know you know if you do reach out to a friend and they don't know what to do they might be in a better position than you are at that particular time to go on the internet yeah exactly and do the things because you're suffering that you can't and won't do for yourself just a bit of clarity yeah you know get on the internet do a little bit of research find somebody find a group Mm. you know even if it's you know AA meetings they're incredibly positive surroundings with amazing people you know you might not be an alcoholic but there's a reason why AA NA is successful they help people it's mm. a group of people helping each other to get through a problem yeah and I don't think it would be a bad thing for somebody suffering with mental health to go to some of these meetings and meet people yeah I think you're right I mean when I approached my GP he gave me the option of one to one counselling over the phone or going to a group session yeah. I don't think it was a kind of like sit round in a circle everyone you know tell you it was kind of like led by a lecturer kind of thing yeah. but just to see someone who's you know in the same boat as you and then if you strike up a conversation with them afterwards or whatever yeah it's it's a powerful thing yeah and you know swap a telephone number yeah, exactly and then you've got somebody that does want to listen yeah. and does want to help yeah. that's also you know not in your circle of friends doesn't know you doesn't know your friends and he's going to you know hold your secrets dear because they've gone through an experience exactly the same yeah no it's all so, good it's all good advice yeah, yeah. very good um, thank you so much Ben my pleasure um, what's next to you is there anything on the horizon in terms of Sotheby's art? art auction this evening yeah. raise money for November November yeah and then we are in discussions at the moment with a gallery down in Somerset called Bruton Art Factory I know Bruton very well yes so I, I know think the art factory yeah Suzanne 
Right. I, I used to work in uh, the family store down there, which oh, is cool. in, in Brooklyn. Do you know the family store? Yeah. 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 So I, I used to work around the corner. Oh, wow. Small so, world. It is, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to take the show to Bruton. How's your worth down there? Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we're off to Bruton. So, nice no, yes. right. Thank you so much, Ben. My pleasure. Thank you for your time. Cheers. Excellent. No, no worries. Thank Cheers. you. Thanks again to the show sponsor, Mojave's, who produce footwear for time well spent. Check out mojaves.com to see their products and you can use the code MANTALK with no space or capitals to get 10% off. If you're struggling with your mental health, please reach out to someone you know, your GP or a charity such as Calm or the Samaritans. Help is out there. Thanks again for listening and take care.